The views expressed in this episode may be distressing and controversial for some audiences. The opinions expressed are not held by Why Believe or its associates. Listener discretion is advised. If something is forbidden enough, then you're always going to desire it. Why does God change his mind on little things like where you put your genitalia? I typed in the wrong URL and it took me to a, 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 like a hardcore porn website. So Cody, I'm just curious, have you had sex? Are you a virgin or, or not? I was 12 years old. I wanted to have sex with my neighbor. He was 35. You've tuned in to Why Believe, the world's most controversial podcast on religion and belief with TikToker and researcher Kale O'Donnell. Well, I suppose I want to get started and just start really broad with you guys. I want to know spirituality uh, or spiritually, where do you guys sort of sit? Cody, how do you define your spirituality? <clears throat> yeah, so I, I see my spirituality as, you know, as of course, I'm a Christian and uh, I'm a, a, a Protestant, technically Christian. And I, I just define my spirituality as as doing as God has commanded me to, as I see in the Bible and just living a life uh, in accordance to what the Bible teaches us to do. Wow. So I'm curious to know, um, how did you grow up? Were you always in a Christian home or, or did you grow up in another religion? Yeah, great question. Uh, I, so I, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, got two awesome Christian parents. And then as I grew older, I became very skeptical of the religion because I came to the realization that I believe what I believe because I was told to believe it. And I didn't find that as a great justification as to why I should believe something. Uh, I needed to find what truth was, not just, hey, someone told me to believe it, so believe it. So I went on a pursuit of, of kind of stepping back from Christianity and saying, I need to check really the main core religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Judaism and Christianity, as well as agnosticism, atheism, uh, and universalism. I'll throw that in there as well. And from that, I said, you know, I, I tried to find out the plot holes in all of them, and they all I saw had serious plot holes outside of Christianity. So in my pursuit of trying to disprove Christianity, I actually fell into Christianity. Hmm. So you came back to where you were originally. So you define yeah. yourself as a Christian. There are so many different flavors of Christianity. I'm just curious to know what kind of Christian are you? Are you a Pentecostal Christian that speaks in tongues and, and jumps around and dances around in the church? Or are you more of a, an Orthodox Christian that's a little bit more, you know, quiet and, and composed? <laughs> uh, I'll put myself somewhere in the middle. I'm not rolling on the floor and foaming at the mouth, but I'm also not just sitting in my turtleneck every day. Uh, I don't. I don't consider myself to be part of a, one of the thirty thousand denominations there are now. I have serious beef as a Christian with that many denominations. I don't see Jesus choosing a denomination, so I don't choose one either. I just read my Bible, do what it says. Wow, that's really interesting. I love that. Jesus didn't pick a denom denomination, so I'm like that as well. I never realized that. So that's really cool. Okay, well, I suppose I want to ask Manuel now because we had a bit of a chat before we started that Manuel actually began in Christianity as well. So Manuel, would you like yeah. to tell us your story about how did you, how did you come into spirituality? Well, I was very lucky. I was born in a very spiritual family already. So, um, and like I said, my, my grandfather was deeply Christian and because of his faith, he could accomplish almost anything like all the feet and, you know, he had permanent uh, premonitions and all these kinds of stuff. Um, so I took on the challenge and went further with it with, uh, you know, the tools that my parents gave me as a child. Um, so I, 
I really went on and took a spiritual coach for a few years um, to really tie, take the time to connect with the universe and, uh, uh, and within us as well. Because spirituality for me is really about the energy, the connection, um, and working aligned with your divine path, with, you know, what, with uh, the people around you to create something amazing together. Um, yeah, and it led me to have the same things as my grandfather, like premonitions and like I do astral travel and all these kinds of things. I do spiritual healing as well. And, you know, I've seen so many things in my life, uh, according to that, that I don't even need proof anymore. Elena. I don't need to prove it, you know, I don't, and I don't need to make people believe what I've seen either, like, because I'm so confident in my own spirituality right now. Hmm. Wow. It sounds like you've gone from one trajectory of sort of the Christian upbringing that was still sort of a, a little bit to do with like the healing and stuff. And then you've gone to, um, to, the, to the depths of like astral projection and, and other kinds of practices in the spiritual sense. Would you define yourself as a spirituality or define yourself as a religion like you are Hindu or you're Buddhist or anything like that? No, because like I, I've looked, I've studied a bit all the, these religions. And at the end, like I said, um, uh, they all have something in common, you know, and this is when they get together, I think this is what the true belief uh, should be, where we're all connected again, and we're all united. And, you know, there's a divine energy that holds us, us together all, all at once. And we need to awaken to that to, to, to retrieve our own powers. But um, I really love Hinduism. I, I think each religion has their own uh, uh, strong points. Uh, the bad thing about it is that, it, you know, I know it was needed in a certain period of time for humanity because they would kill each other all the time. Um, but now things have changed, you know, like we, we, we don't need to be controlled by fear or these kinds of things. So like we need to, you know, like the teachings in the Bible have, are amazing, but they were a lot of times misinterpreted. And, and the religious people have overused their power to control people. So like, if, if you take a step away from that, the foundations of it is still uh, valuable today. Mm. And I'm interested to know what Cody thinks about that in terms of the Bible and in terms of the, the idea of fear. Cody, how do you address as a Christian and, and the Bible? Manuel's talked about fear. How do you address fear as a, as a Christian? Yeah, sure. So first off, I'll agree that people have many people um, have have taken Christianity and twisted scriptures to be able to do whatever they want with them to justify doing awful things that God hates way worse than you and me hate. Um, but yeah, with that said, um, yeah, fear is is something that that to use this thing of like terrorizing somebody into doing something that you want them to do in a manipulative sort of way, I'm strongly against. But I think that oftentimes we, we assume fear is always a bad thing, but it, it, fear is not a bad thing at all. I mean, fear is why you put a seatbelt on. Uh, fear is why you take chemotherapy when you have cancer. Fear is why you don't, you know, walk mm. off the edge of a cliff. So fear is a very healthy thing. And scripture tells us the fear of God is the beginning of, of knowledge. And I, I agree with that because, you know, in, in the same way that, God is trying to keep you from doing something stupid. It's the same thing instinct in your body that says, hey, I'm not going to walk off that cliff because that would be an unwise decision. I like that. And, and that's interesting. Fear is something that works in our being. It's part of our makeup. It's why we, you know, uh, why we have our fight or flight kind of responses and that kind of thing. Now, you mentioned God. I'm curious to know, what is the name of your God? God I mean, I'm the, the Hebrew name of, of God is Yahweh. Yahweh. Manuel, do you still believe in Yahweh as an ex-Christian? 
uh, in spirituality, what we define as God is like, um, is every enlightened being coming together as a whole. Uh, so um, I remember, for example, like, and this is when it started in my journey when I was in sixth grade, the teacher, the Christian teacher, she was like, God is in everything, God is in everywhere. But then she would look up and look away. So I raised my hand and I'm like, if you say that God is everywhere, why do you talk about it as someone, as something external? If God is everywhere, is also within me and him and her and you. And then she, then she didn't have an answer for me. She's like, this is so true what you say, but I have no response for that. So spirituality defines God as divinity, but saying that we are all divine. We all are part of God. As we come together, that's God. But yeah, as we come together, divine, like enlightened. Mm. You know, and that's kind of a little bit maybe what Cody believes. I mean, I think as a Christian, you believe that God lives inside of you. You're a temple of of the Holy Ghost, and that God lives inside of you. Cody, what's your response? Is is, is that kind of about what what Christian Christianity is about? Is that God isn't far away up in the heavens? That is too far to reach, but He lives inside of all of us. Uh, I believe that that uh, scripture teaches that that God lives inside of everyone who's a believer through agency of of what's considered the Holy Spirit, one of the three triune parts of of God. Um, but I would have to fundamentally disagree with the point of God is in all of us and God is in everything. I agree that there are spiritual beings, like there are other, plenty of other gods. There's millions of other gods. That is a very not popular Christian belief. So I'm I'm in the minority of Christian beliefs there. But I know what Hebrew and stuff says just from studying what people smarter than me have have, have explained to me. But with that being said, in regards to this concept of unity and us all coming together and, and that, I would have to um, refute that simply because Christianity teaches, and I agree in the sense that we are all fundamentally not good people. Uh, and, and that is why Jesus came in the first place. So that's really what the whole Christian story is about, which is very poorly displayed many times today, uh, is that we aren't good people that we're actually, you know, not good people at all. And because we're not good people, Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins because I'm not good enough. And God wanted to show his radical love for us in this, that while we were living in sin, Christ wanted to come down and die for us. So he lived a life morally that we couldn't live. He died a death that you and I deserve to die because of that sin. And then rose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave. So that if we would repent and put our faith in him, that we could be saved from this, this eternal separation from God that, that we've deserved because of that sin. Hmm. Wow. So now you said before that you believe, and it's not a, a very popular opinion amongst the Christians, um, that you believe in many gods. Does, does Yahweh, is Yahweh alone? No, no, absolutely no, not. Uh, Yahweh, actually, if you look at Psalm 82, um, Yahweh is speaking to other spiritual beings, other gods in heaven with him. Uh, and, and he asks, aren't you all God? He says, aren't you all gods as well? Um, and, and that's actually really important because it, Yahweh is making a point that he is actually far greater than any of those, that he created all of those spiritual beings, that he is not on the same playing field. He's actually much greater than those. Because if God was the only God, um, that's not showing how great he is. But what's much greater is if I can say, compared to everybody else around me, I'm way better than all of them are. Mm. Okay. So I suppose I want to know, and I'm going to ask both of you it, uh, because I think it's interesting. You read the Bible, Cody, and you believe that God wrote the Bible, Yahweh wrote the Bible. I'm just curious to know, do you believe that the, the Bible was inspired by Yahweh and that, that it's perfect, that everything in the Bible is right, and that Yahweh, there is no mistakes in it, that it's, it's, it's the real words of a God? 
Yeah, I believe that, that men, flawed human beings, just like uh, me, wrote the Bible, but they were inspired by God to do the writing of it. So do I think that every single word is from a scientific aspect accurate? Absolutely not. Um, and anyone who would be uh, uh, reasonable and knows their Bible well enough would know that that's not, that's not the case. Matter of fact, actually, those early Christians, they believe when they looked up into the sky that the stars, which we know today are stars, they believe that those were actual spiritual beings. And today we know that's not true. We know that it's just fire. It's, you know, gas. I don't, and I'm not a science genius, mm. but I, I know that it's not a god. I know that it's, it's just a flame. So from that aspect, no, I do not believe that every word in the Bible from that sense uh, is, is accurate scientifically. And not to mention, there are a ton of different metaphors and spiritual um, pictures that are used in the Bible that aren't meant to take literally, that many times atheists or agnostics will take out of context and say, oh, well, God literally meant that. And God actually did not literally mean that. If you're asking from a moral standpoint or a historical standpoint, do I think that Noah's Ark actually happened? Absolutely, 100%. Do I believe that a donkey spoke to a person? Absolutely. Do I believe a snake literally spoke in a garden? Absolutely. Wow. So you believe that animals can speak? I do, yeah. Are you saying, can, can we know if animals speak today? Like if donkeys spoke like thousands of years ago, are we able to know if they speak today? Like, would you say that it could happen? Um, I, I think that God could do that, but I, I don't believe that outside of God's power being on an animal. No, I, I don't just pet my, my dog at home and he doesn't just chat with me and have a conversation. No. Okay. It would be cool if he did oh, though. Hey. It would <laughs> be cool. wants to say well, they, they don't use the same language as we do, obviously, but there's, there's, you know, my cat communicates with me very efficiently anything she needs. Like I, I, she has specific meows for everything. And this yeah. way we have, yeah, even when she's going to give me massage or she feels that my energy is down, she does a specific meow. I know I have to lay down and she's going to take care of me. And, you know, that's the kind of communication. But it took years to build that. So, mm. yeah, they're very aware. Ah, I yeah. see. I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. That perhaps, perhaps you're saying like it didn't make, speak English, but perhaps it's, it just spoke a noise, but they interpreted it to be, you know, what it was saying. Emotions are emotions. They can, uh, you know, it's telepathy works the same way. Like with our best friends, we do that all the time. You know, I don't have to say a word. I, I know exactly what my best friend means, you know, just by mm -hmm. looking in my eyes. It's the same thing. Yeah. So Manuel, do you read the Bible? Uh, not anymore. No, <laughs> I did. Uh, I did in the, in, you know, in the beginning. In the, um, but um, all these uh, spiritual scriptures for me, like I have a vision of it still, which is uh, like it was written for that time period, which is valid. Uh, the thing is, like most of it is still valid, but we have to consider that we have evolved so much uh, uh, since. So anything that's always been written is valid for that era. Uh, and now we need to take all of those teachings and bring them further because we're more evolved as beings. That's what I believe, yeah. Mm. I suppose what I would be asking, because Cody mentioned before that he gets his morality from the Bible, that he, he structures his morality from the Bible. As a, as a man, um, you know, would you say that you take your morals from uh, your upbringing, from your family, or how do you get yeah. your morality? Absolutely. And most of it from uh, my parents, um, and they were really ahead of their time in many, many things. So they were more accepting and non-judgmental, very objective for many, many things. So because of that, what they taught me is to always question everything. So like, I don't take anything for granted. So every time there's an opinion that comes to me or say like society has a certain way of seeing things, 
rather than take it for granted, I always ask the questions and say like, okay, what's good for me? Is it valid for me? So because, because of that and in balance with my spiritual work, I became very intuitive and in tune with what's right for me. And that's where all my value system is based from. So therefore is, is very accepting and respectful of everybody at the same mm, time. I see. So you Because excited. like, with, mm, sorry, yeah. No, go ahead. What you're saying? It, it's just that it, 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 no, no, it, with karma and those kind of things. Like, you know, if you put bad energy, it's going to come back into your face right away. So, you know. Could you explain that? What, what is karma? Karma, well, this is a big concept. <laughs> it takes an actual just for that. Uh, but it's just like, the, you know, like uh, planting the seeds of, you know, like um, Rumi said, like what you see, um, you know, um, light attract light and love attracts love. So if you want good things to happen into your life, you need to plant more, more love, you know, that, that's as is, yeah, it is, as is, because, you know, if you plant bad vibration, you attract then like um, people with bad vibrations again, and it's just going to trickle down, you know, it's just going to, it's a vicious kind of circle. I like so that. karma works a bit in this way. Yeah. Attracts love and light attracts light. Cody, do you believe in karma? I don't believe in karma now. I believe that the most moral and, and good person on this planet was nailed to a cross for no reason, uh, no justified reason. So, and I can give uh, plenty of other explanations of people who well, did a I, bunch I, of I, awful I, things. So he was, uh, he, but he, it, it's a sacrifice. So it's a personal choice to do that. You know, before your incarnation, you choose the things you're gonna accomplish into your life. So yes, he died as a symbol, but it was also his own choice as, as a sacrifice to do that. So it's, it's not a bad karma for him. This is, it's, it's another kind of thing. Mm. Because so it, it, it was to create a shift in society, which is very uh, praiseable, mm. of course. So you acknowledge that Jesus, what you're saying, like Jesus made a, a sacrifice is a decision that you make. You, you d he decided to sacrifice himself. Um, and it was from a, it wasn't really a place from, from karma. Back to, the, back to the karma thing, Cody, do you believe in a force in the universe, call it Yahweh, call it something, operates to give us good things when we deserve it and bad things when we deserve it? Or is it just God giving us our due diligence as a justice kind of God? Yeah, I mean, on, on this earth, you know, Jesus says um, that rain falls on the just and the unjust, like crap's going to happen to you. And it's got nothing to do with mm -hmm. the way that you lived. You know, later on in, in John 9, somebody asked Jesus, is this man blind because of his parents' sin? And Jesus says it has nothing to do with his parents. Like he, like he just, he was born blind and it sucks, but that's the reality of it. So I, yeah, I think that there's, I mean, many, many times in your life, like I don't think that I did anything terribly negative to deserve being banned on TikTok three times. I mean, there's people who are in, in other countries right now that are Christians who did absolutely nothing, but at least regardless of whether Christianity is true or not, they were just trying to help other people people meet this savior and and people like um in other religions just slaughter them specifically islam i don't know if i'm allowed to say that you can cut that out if you have to but uh but like you know they, they slaughtered a christian for a christian trying to help them a christian was being non-offensive and they got something awful back so uh, i think that'd be another example of them doing nothing wrong and deserving um martyrdom for it mm. I see. So, well, so you, you see, so one thing on that, like, like sometimes you have challenges in your life that's going to push you to be better. Like when I had my accident on my Achilles tendon, that's when I changed my whole life and became who I am today, you know? So 
you know, when you encounter stuff like this, it, it, that's why I, I said it could be karma, it could be something else. But, uh, but sometimes it's necessary. It's like my accident was definitely like a small sacrifice, but like, it, you know, I would never remove that accident from my life because I was kind of slave to the, the, um, to the other, the, 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 the commercial industry before. Now I'm free, mm. you know? So it's something like a, t like a terrible accident that happened to you made you change the kind of trajectory of your life. I'm wondering maybe to see like Cody's perspective and then your perspective on, do you think Cody that may have been Yahweh trying to improve Manuel's life to make him more spiritual, to make him get some sort of message that life could be lived in another way? I think that, that Yahweh could absolutely do something to bring him back to himself. So he would bring anybody, any, any sort of influence that God would have in somebody's life would be for the sole purpose of bringing them back to right relation with Yahweh himself. Um, under no circumstance would he do anything else. Now, with that being said, do I believe that all things like that that happen is just God making that family get in a car accident? Absolutely not. I don't believe that. So now, Manuel, Cody said that, he, that it may have been Yahweh doing, um, you know, bringing him back to yourself, but you didn't go back to Yahweh. Um, but you would say you are living a life that you feel happy. For years, I tried to pierce, you know, like to go through uh, and, and have a spiritual life, like we live more of spirituality. Uh, and I could not find the path, the, the way to get out of retail. And after the accident, I had the strength and the courage to, to, to raise all my money go do my teacher training in Bali. And then, you know, I started to have yoga clients right away, even before I was certified. And then, you know, all my whole life started to change there and shift to exactly where I want it to be. Right. I see. So, so things can happen, whether it's just coincidence, it just happens, or, um, you know, there could be some sort of force like a God or, or some sort of spiritual thing. Now, I want to take a different route now um, and ask Cody that you talked about morality and being a good person and you get your morals from the Bible. I want to go now a little bit deeper. 10 years ago, you said that you started watching porn. You got addicted to porn. I want to know what, how did you get started? Because I believe at the time you were a Christian. Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would have called myself a Christian. I was going to church regularly and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I got started by total fluke. No one showed it to me or anything, which is the usual story I hear. Um, I was at a school computer and I was trying to go to a, a, um, a website for, to play games, like back in the day when you'd play games on the computer. Um, and I typed in the wrong URL and it took me to a, 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 like a hardcore porn website. So it just happened naturally. The, the website just changed to a porn website. Yep. Yep. Just because I typed in the wrong URL on accident by I missed one letter and it changed the whole thing. Classic. Lots of people may have said, lots of people in, you know, watching this today may say that every guy has some sort of excuse to give to their parents that, you know, that happened. But you're saying that generally happened, that your URL yeah. changed to a porn site. I am the reason that my whole school district got blockers on their computer. Back in that day, there were not blockers on computers and they got them right <laughs> after that. Wow. Wow. I suppose I want to ask Manuel, I'm curious to know, how did you find out that pornography was a thing? Well, I was born a very sexual being. I mean, like, I was eight years old and I was in love with my swimming instru instructor. I wanted to be in the shower with him and everything. Even my neighbor when I was 12. 
So I started to rent DVDs. And back then there was no internet, eh? so if you wanted to access it, it was like hardcore. Uh, so we had to rent DVDs with my friends and watch porn, and I really enjoyed the work they were doing, and I could totally see myself doing it, except that, you know, I, I've always wanted to do it, kind of, but um, it took me several years to finally say yes when I, I started porn at 37, actually. Um, and then, then I went back into, I used to write my premonitory dreams in my early 20s. So I went back into my dreams and then there was a two dreams, very symbolic, describing everything, how I would start into porn later on with so much detail. So I knew it was before, you know, I reread that story before I said yes. And then like, I was like, okay, my, I meant to do this. I knew it was written beforehand. So it was your destiny to be a porn star. Yes. Wow. And you wrote it down beforehand. It was like a prophecy in, a Christ, in the Christian eight, way. Yeah, eight years before I knew which studio I would work with and where and how and who. And it was just symbolic because in the, in the astral traveling, it was like a big falcon. And, and the mm. first company I, I, I worked for was called Falcon. And it was in the desert and we filmed in, in, uh, in Las Vegas in the desert. And it was in a secret place. So I went in secret there the first time. So it was very precise. So how did you get this information? Who was giving you this information? Oh, but when I started to have premonitions, what I did, uh, I, 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 used, I started to see it as a tool. So every night I would go to bed with an intention of having to see my future. It was very intentional. Like I, I would see my future lovers, my future jobs, uh, all the circumstances of my life were predicted in my dreams back then. And nowadays it shifted where I don't need that. Like I just have the intuition like right in the moment. So it's been like a muscle that you've been able to grow over the years kind of thing. Your, your power to, to have premonitions, would you say? Yes, yes, and my grandfather had that again. And, and it's, it's something that everybody has if they work on it. Mm. And that's what I'm gonna talk about in my book as well, because everyone has all the potentials. And I wanna come back to the book later on because I think that's a yeah. really interesting thing about that. Now, Cody, I wanna ask you, do you believe that it was Manuel's destiny to be a porn star? Um, if, if you're asking if I believe that it was Yahweh's will for his life to be a porn star, I would say absolutely not. What about your opinion? Let's imagine Yahweh's having a cup of tea um, and he's, he's, he's not listening right now. Would you say that it's his destiny to be a porn star? No. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because, um, well, well, from, you know, I guess without going on a 15 minute tangent uh, in regards to morality, uh, you know, morality is, is something that I cannot justify not coming from a God. Doesn't have to be my God, but from a God. Uh, because if not, then that doesn't mean that that means that, that somebody like Hitler isn't wrong for slaughtering millions of Jews for his own delight, uh, which, you know, again, was part of the circumstances he grew up and stuff like that. So if I were to ask you, do you think it was anyone's destiny for Hitler to slaughter 11 million people? What would you say? Well, I suppose Manuel's not slaughtering uh, Jews. He's a professional actor that's involved no, no, no. in certain... I, I, wasn't, no, I, I wasn't comparing porn to, to slaughtering Jews. No, I was asking you, do you think that that, that would be Hitler's destiny? 
Well, I suppose people do a lot of different things for different reasons, not just because they don't believe in a God or that they don't have a moral compass, but I suppose it really goes into maybe the question that you're asking is what is the morality of pornography? So I want to know what is, why is pornography wrong? Sure. Um, I guess, I guess on, on kind of the same line, um, my opinion, my feelings, my views on morality are completely irrelevant. They're not worth pennies. Uh, because again, if they were, then that means Hitler's equal opinion on his morality was equally as valid as mine. And I think that we would all agree that that's absolutely not the case. His, his opinion on morality is absolute garbage. Uh, so, so I have to say my, my moral standard has to come from a God, because if not, then Hitler's not wrong. He just has a different view than me. And, uh, and anyone who's a, a genuine atheist or agnostic would have to come to the same conclusion that, that somebody who's a, a, a rapist, a pedophile, a, a human trafficker, they're not wrong. They just have a different view. You, you just can't say that he's absolutely wrong under all circumstances. And I don't have enough faith to be able to say that that's not absolutely wrong. So since my view of morality does not come from my own opinion or view, uh, it has to come from a standard above me, which is from God. And that standard is found in scripture. And, um, you know, Jesus makes very clear that any sort of fornication um, outside of marriage, which is what fornication is, is sin. It's, it's contrary to his word. So either Jesus is right, either God is right, or I'm right in my view, or, or somebody, random other person is right in their view. And I'm going to put more trust in what a divine being would say versus what I would feel or another human being would feel. Mm. So if we take on the fornication aspect, which is, I, I, I get it. Uh, but um, uh, the thing with the morality, I think, like with with uh, with sex, is an important thing, and it it is sacred. And this is the the changes I'm trying to bring into the porn industry as well, and to bringing by the sacred into the sexuality. Because when you have sex, it's a beautiful human experience. And with no sex, there's no human on this planet. Let's be honest here. Like if there's no sex, there's no human beings. So we just need to bring it back to the sacred and just to know that it's an exchange of energy and it's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful thing. So there's a lot of education to be done because yes, in pornography, you see all, especially in straight pornography, which I I, I completely, you know, I've seen how bad it can be where there's there's so much abuse and uh, for the women, especially. Um, So that creates a lot of, uh, of things for young men uh, or young women to, to, to think that they have to act like this or to be like this in sexuality, which is totally wrong. And so it removes that the sacred into the sexuality. But, but eventually if we work on it, it's, it could be a beautiful thing again, with no stigma. I see. That's my point. So it can be, it's, it can be seen as a sacred thing and, and your mission um, is to bring it into the sacred um, and you don't believe in um, abuse and treating people wrongly. It has to be consensual. No, no and it's portrayed so much times in porn and I completely disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why like, you know, like on social media and on my platform, like, and they, they tag me right away as a daddy because I'm nurturing, because I care for the other people. It's not about me, it's about them. And, and, and funny enough, the, the, the people who watch my work, although sometimes there's no words to it, they feel that. They feel the energy, they feel my good intentions, and they feel when there's, a, when there's true sexual energy passing from one to the other, 
this is the things that are the most successful and the fans always see it. And then they message me. They're like, oh my God, I could see the energy. I could feel it. And then they try to reproduce that in their life and it's inspiring for them. So, you know, those people, like we changed their lives. And, and honestly, every week I get messages from people which we helped from uh, preventing from suicide or they came out of the closet or we helped them to be more confident in this world. But I agree that it's not for every kind of point that could change that. But my kind of point that I'm doing, uh, this is where I'm aiming for and it works. So you have a different approach to, to porn. And like you said, my work. Now, Cody, I want to throw it back to you about the term work, because you did mention about, like you mentioned Adolf Hitler and things like that. But I want to bring it back to the actual industry of porn, knowing that these people are actors, that a lot of them go home to families like a wife and kids, and that they go to work, they put their work hat on, and it's not really sex for them in the, in the sense of it's just, you know, sharing something. They are doing an, an, a role, they're playing a character. I'm just curious to know, there is a story in the Bible um, where Jesus um, obviously was being born. And if, if uh, the community found out that Mary uh, had sex before marriage, they had to hide it. Mary had to act. Uh, she was an actor for a moment, pretending as if that she was preg uh, pregnant because of a, uh, not because of, of Joseph, because she had the Holy Ghost. Not, but not many people were believing that. So I'm just curious to know, there's stories in the Bible where, People had to act and God was on their side saying, I know the community don't agree with that, but I know you're acting. I know that it's a, it's a fake, a fake role. Would you say that God or Yahweh would say and look at porn stars as I know they're acting. I know they're just doing a role. It's not real. Yeah. I, I would, I would say, you know, you could compare that to any other sort of, of sin. Um, like, like, you know, well, I, a great example would be a, a rape scene, uh, specifically what, what if somebody was acting in a movie in in some country where this was okay, where a grown man was, uh, having intercourse with a four-year-old girl. If, if I say that that's just acting, would you say that that's justifiable? Um, absolutely not. And, and God would say the same thing. So, um, no, regardless of acting or not, doesn't change the standard of morality that God has set in, in the Bible. So even if well, it's something yeah. like Manuel's role, he's not doing rape scenes, he's not doing uh, BDSM kind of rough things, he's bringing some kind of mission, some passion, he's showing a creative aspect to his role, he's not bringing that, he's, he's showing a different role though. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so back to the, the standard of morality thing is, is Hitler, honest to God, genuinely thought he was doing a benefit to society and he was wrong. Uh, even though he genuinely thought he was, and again, to be clear, I'm not mm. comparing porn to murder. I'm just saying to the point of a standard of morality having to be above you, me, and Hitler, that, that he genuinely thought he was doing a good thing. And, and to be clear, if you study Hitler, I mean, he did actually uh, quite a few good things. He did some things that I actually totally approve of. I don't think that slaughtering people is one of them, but he actually had a lot of scientific uh, discoveries that he came out with, which I'm very appreciative of. So even though he had some good nuggets in there, I'm not going to say what he was doing was okay because of it. So would you say that Manuel is as, as on the same level as Hitler, though? It's a, I get that sense. Is that what you're trying to say? or is I believe I'm on the same level as Hitler. You're on the same level as Hitler as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with porn making somebody on the same level as Hitler. It's got to do with depravity of man putting somebody on the same level of Hitler. Do I believe that I've caused as many natural consequences as Hitler? No, but I believe I'm equally as deserving of hell as Hitler. Okay. 
So the depravity that you're talking about, how is, how is the depravity something that is, is seen in, in porn, like this porn that Manuel does that he's described? In, in what way do, do you believe in your spirituality that that's something that is depraved? depraved? Well, um, it's, I, I wouldn't put it on any greater or worse level than lying or thieving or blasphemy or adultery or anything else. Um, so I, again, I don't think it's in its special category. The reason I'm so passionate about this topic in general is just because I know how many people's lives it is, um, it is negatively affecting from their standpoint. I'm not saying it's negatively affecting their lives. They're saying it's negatively affecting their lives. Um, you know, mind you, I could go through a book of stats that I literally have pulled up here of, of people whose marriages have been split up. Um, you know, 60% of marriages that get split up have something to do with divorce, um, which is a study that was done um, as well as the, the thing that makes me most passionate about this whole thing, and I don't want to jump the gun, but is the fact that if porn didn't exist, human trafficking wouldn't exist. And I believe that all three of us would be on the same agreement that human trafficking is disgusting, it's sick, it's awful. And if porn at all did not exist, then human trafficking wouldn't exist at all. And that is what I'm extremely passionate about in this whole discussion. Okay, so my thing with that is that I believe that things should change for it to have no sexual harassment and all these things. And the thing is not, the problem is not porn. The problem is is uh, the lack of being exposed to nudity and uh, and like uh, the, the way that it's forbidden. If something is forbidden enough, then you're always going to desire it. You know, like everyone everyone is born with penis and boobs. Like, but it's been so taboo. Like, if you remove the taboos, and this is why I'm the way I am, because with my parents we had no taboos. You could walk around there naked around the house. No one cared. And, and a big, the biggest example of that is Christianity itself with the priests. The most known rapists are within the church itself because they refuse to have any form of sex and then they would rape all these children, you know? And if you remove the taboo, if sex is accepted and everybody has this, we all have organs, then there's no more human trafficking. There's no more desire to rape anyone because everyone is on the same page. And I'll agree to the point that I believe that Christianity has this big disservice that has been done where it's like, like the S word is a no, no, we can't say it in church. And it's like, I am one of the reasons I'm so passionate about speaking on on social media is because I want to let people know, hey, sex isn't a bad thing. Sex isn't a weird thing. We're allowed to talk about sex. It doesn't need to be this weird elephant in the room, even pornography, like we can openly have the discussion. But I mean, if you look at the comments on anything I say about porn, you'll see hundreds, thousands of people say, thank you for talking about this topic. And no one ever talks about it. And it's like, well, why not? It's something that you actually go through. So I agree with you on the point that the fact that we're just completely ignoring the fact that it exists uh, or that it's a good thing, because again, Christianity, God says sex is a really good thing. One of the first commands to humankind is be fruitful and multiply. He says, make a bunch of babies. I mean, God is all about sex. God loves sex. But I, I think that with what we have done in saying this big hush-hush thing, specifically with the Catholic Church, as you said, is it causes a tons of rape. So, so you know, and, and a bunch of uh, uh, pedophilia at that as well. So I, I am the biggest proponent of I cannot stand what Catholic priests are doing in that sense. So, Cody, I'm just curious. Have you had sex? Are you a virgin or, or not? No, yeah, I, I am a virgin. Okay. And you believe in, in virginity? Correct. Yes, I do. Yeah. Manuel, what's your idea of virginity? What's your perspective on it? Well, virginity, yeah, of 
Well, you know, as a kid, I always, I, you know, I was dreaming about my neighbor. I was 12 years old. I wanted to have sex with my neighbor. He was 35. So I, I was, I was sleeping every night, biting my pillow because I wanted to have sex with him. And at eight years old, I want to, I told you like at eight years old, I want to have sex with my swimming instructor. So, you know, for me, virginity isn't a big thing. It's just like the stage before you, you, you take another chapter of your life. But being gay for me, you know, like relationship doesn't mean the same thing. Like marriage doesn't, didn't mean anything until a few years ago for gay people. Um, and, and if you go back, you know, before like hundreds of years ago, you know, with the kings and queens, they all had mistresses and minions and stuff. And marriage was an institution to unite two countries, not two people. Because so they, they, they had their, their marriage to unite the countries. But their actual lover was on the side as a mistress or a minion. Right. And there's people in the Bible that had mistresses as well and, and had uh, girlfriends and, and maidens and things like that. Cody, is that okay if we all had maidens and stuff these days? No, it's not. Uh, God later had a law against that that he made very clear, which honestly he, he made in the garden which, when he specified between one man and one woman. There's plenty of things that happened in the Bible that God was 100% not, uh, not okay with. So just because it happened didn't mean he was giving his thumbs up to it. Someone like Solomon, the wisest man in the world, had tons of concubines. That was not a, a stamp of approval by God. That was just something that was recorded that happened in the midst of the Jesus story. Wow. I don't know. So according I mean... to that... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was like, according to that, the rules are only for straight people. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <a> <laughs> Don't apply. Bye. I'm gonna have a <laughs> You're saying like that God changes His mind about you know what He believes um, one moment and then in the next generation it's changed. Because I notice you do have a tattoo in the Bible. You know, earlier in the New Testament, God said not to have tattoos. Now He can do do tattoos. You couldn't have two kinds of like fabrics together and now people wear different fabrics. Why does God change his mind on little things like where you put your genitalia? Yeah, great question. <laughs> um, so so God, God had a certain set of laws, 613 to be specific, that he gave to the nation of Israel specifically. Um, and he told those people that so that you look different than the rest of the people at the time culturally, I don't want you to do certain things like something as silly as to claw being together to you and I that means no difference whether I have one or two or 20 cloths that are all making one shirt or whatever back then it was commonly known if we step aside and don't do something that the rest of culture is doing people are going to realize wow these people are different and that thing they're realizing is wow these people are of the of the tribe of Abraham Isaac and Jacob they're they're of that lineage so that was why he had that I was never called to follow that anyways because I'm not a Jew I'm a Gentile so I'm not I'm not Jewish which makes me a Gentile and since I'm a Gentile regardless of when I was born God never Never changed his mind on that thing. Uh, later on, uh, Jesus goes on to clarify the reason that those 613 super strict laws like tattoos and stuff were in place in the first place was to show you you actually can't live by it. So, so that, that, is, that is why God, God's not just changing his mind all the time. He's proving a point that you're not able to live up to it in any ways. Again, I'm a Gentile. I never had to live by it. So now in the New Testament, Jesus says, hey, you're not saved by those works that you had to do anyways because you couldn't be saved by them. You're saved by grace. Right. So I suppose I'm curious, Manuel said that he is a gay man. I'm just wondering how 
does how does Christian I know how Christianity views homosexuality that it's wrong in God's eyes and that someone should change their sexuality so that they can uh, be good for God um, and be perfect in His eyes. How do you actually change your sexuality in in Christianity? And Manuel, um, I want to suppose maybe ask you: Have you ever tried to change your sexuality before? Pointless. No, it's it's within me. It's, it's the same thing. I don't ask a straight man, like, would you try sex with a guy? He's going to look at me like, I don't need to try to have sex with another dick to know that I like pussy. Sorry, I said the words, but that's what it is. <laughs> so I never had to question my own sexuality. It was clear. My mom even knew I was gay when she was pregnant because she is also very intuitive. So Cody, when did you learn that you were straight? <laughs> yeah, so, so I want to actually go back to your point that you'd made. I, I, that is not what Christianity teaches. Christianity doesn't teach, teach to change your sexuality, nor does Christianity uh, teach that, that, that gay people are, are awful or something like that. I believe I was born heterosexual. I believe people are born liars and thieves and, and, and they're born blasphemers. That They're just born, again, inherently evil. And God has told us to not do certain things. God has a standard that he's told us to not do. I would love to sleep with every woman I saw. That is what I would personally like to do. But the standard that I follow, which is given by somebody above you, me and Hitler, says that I'm not allowed to do that. So I choose not to do that so that I'm living in accordance with the word of God because God has an intentionality behind saying that. So just like I can't sleep with any woman I see, a man is not allowed to sleep with any man that they see or woman with any woman that they see. So, um, so Cody, I'm just curious to know, you, you mentioned thieving and, and lying. Those are things that in psychology we know are learned behaviors. Somebody learns how to lie. They learn how to, to deceive. They learn how to steal to get their own needs met. There's not a point in a child's life that we know in psychology that a person is taught homosexuality, taught desires and feelings, like Manuel said, he was attracted at six years old to sure. another person. So that would lead us to the point perhaps that Yahweh designed Manuel to have some form of homosexuality inside of him. Why does Yahweh put homosexuals on the back foot? Uh, we have to start on, uh, in the back foot, heterosexuals are ahead, but the homosexuals have to catch up to, in their lifetime at some point, they must be straight so that they can uh, you know, live the life that God wants them to live. Yeah. Um, so, so two points on that. First one is uh, uh, lying or thieving is not a learned trait. If you put two two-year-olds in a room together, I don't have to give them a 60-page textbook to teach them why you should take the toy from the kid that you don't want. If you want the toy, you're going to take the toy. No one had to teach you that. Uh, so that is, is not a taught trait. That is something, I mean, they didn't watch mommy steal daddy's toy and go, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Give me that. They didn't learn that. That was something they inherently did. Second off, um, God is never asking any homosexual to ever change their sexuality. God is not ever asking that, nor is having desires for the same gender a sin. Again, another not commonly spoken thing from pulpits. It is not a sin to be, to be attracted to the same sex in Christianity. What is a sin is you acting upon that desire. I, when I'm in an uncomfortable situation, it is my desire to lie. My desire to lie isn't a sin. My choice to lie is a sin. So that's the difference is, is my choice to do the act that God told me to do is what's wrong. And that is something I was born with. I was born with the natural desire to get myself out of any uncomfortable situation by lying. My desire is when I'm low on money to steal something from a store. That is my desire. And I just choose not to do that desire. Mm. Manuel, what do you say about, about that idea that, that, um, well, I, mm -hmm. 
yeah so I, I get the concept i get the concept like if you if you don't have money and it's it's probably happened to all of us like in a point of your life where you're broke you know the, the options are there in front of you so like at one point like should I steal money? Like if I'm totally broke, should I steal from the store just a fruit like they do in the movies and stuff? But then you decide not to do it. That's a whole different thing. Um, because it's actually, you know, it's actually stealing. Uh, for me, like it's not a, I don't have the option. I don't have a second option, you know? It's like, it's, 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 I don't have an option of like, uh, I'm gonna make my own money and, and I'll be able, be able to buy some food. Like for me, it's like I'm just born gay. There's, the option for me is just to have sex with men because that's what my nature is about. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like Cody's gonna. At the end, he has the the life of his choice. That's what matters for him. I have the the life of my choice too. Like, I decide to have sex with all the beautiful men I encounter, and that's my thing. And but again, I make it sacred. I make sure we have a good time. You know, but that's two different perspectives, but mm. doesn't mean it's a sin. Cody, do you have any homosexual friends? Yeah, yeah. I have plenty of people that I that I spend time with that are homosexual. Mm. So it's not one of those things where I'm just like, get away yeah. from me because I don't want you to get your gay on me. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I, I have many friends who are who are homosexual. If you had like you've got friends in the community of the LGBTQ plus community, would you find it really disheartening to know that for the rest of you knowing that person in your life, they're to suppress their sexuality and that you will know that a part of them will never be explored if they're going to be a Christian, a gay Christian. They're never to explore their, their sexuality in the way that they feel it, it was portrayed and they're never to marry um, somebody that they love. How, do you, how would you feel as a person who loves your friends as homosexuals? How are you going to feel knowing that you'll, you'll have friends that are gay that are, are, are uh, silently, um, uh, silently in pain that they can't express sure. themselves um, at the very core of themselves. Yeah, uh, a few things. Well, first off, I would, you know, um, if, if I had somebody that was a friend of mine and they said, man, I just, I'm 45 and I just have this strong desire to sleep with four-year-old girls. I just, I just can't suppress. I just, I would tell them absolutely not. Don't do that under any circumstance ever. That would be awful. Um, so I would tell them absolutely not. So, so their feelings again on the matter are, are irrelevant to what they should do in the matter. Um, so secondly is is I mean, Paul says in First Corinthians seven that that plenty of, of of heterosexuals are called to singleness for the rest of their lives because God has desired for them to be single rather than to be married, um, and and that like Paul. Great example, over half the New Testament, he was single for his entire life. And he didn't ever describe any sort of being miserable because he was single. I have dear friends of mine who are Christians and single for life. I have non-believing friends who have been single for life and they have no problem with doing that. So uh, yeah, again, it's just, it's God's standard that he has set there and people's feelings on what they should do is very dangerous because if Hitler tells me he feels like slaughtering 11 million people, I'm gonna tell him he probably shouldn't. Manuel, would you be able to be single and not active in your sexual life for the rest of your life? No. <laughs> even my mom would tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I'm able to, I, I'm okay with single. I don't, I, even, I don't even need a boyfriend right now. I, I don't really matter to me. Um, but I do nourish lots of connections with you know, different guys around the world. We have beautiful connections and that's what really matters to me. I love yeah. that. Guys, like I said, our shows go quick. 
and I've really enjoyed having you on today. Would you believe we're nearly at the end of our show, but I want to give you guys an opportunity now because you guys have some great projects on the go and I want to give you guys a chance to tell your followers, my followers, all of our followers about what you're doing. I'll start with Manuel. You've got an incredible book coming. I just want you to give us a, 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 bit of a, a little bit of a sneak peek. What are you writing? Well, the title is called Seven Skies Under. It's a journey through spirituality and reincarnation. Um, so it's really about my journey in this life, how I retrieved all my spiritual um, powers. So I, I, I really wrote this to, to give a tool to inspire people because a lot of guys like me and, and, and women, uh, they have all the, the things inside them that they don't know where to turn to to, to, to find the tools. And the answers are right there because I worked on it so hard. So like, I want to give that to them as a gift. Um, in the process, I learned a lot about my own former lives and the reincarnation and stuff. So it, this is all going to be in there as well. So people can retrieve where they come from as well. I love that. That sounds amazing. Thanks for sharing. And Cody, yeah. you've got an incredible okay. um, podcast. Um, it's called the Faith Belief Podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah. you've got a devotional coming out. Tell us about your podcast and your book. Yeah, yeah. So I've got, I've got a podcast and, and it's just to help people grow in their faith. Uh, people who are, are desiring Christians or are currently Christians to, to grow in their faith. So um, atheist, agnostic, whatever you are, a Christian, any of that, I'd encourage you to at least listen to it. And if you hate it, then awesome. Give it a one-star rating for me. Uh, but uh, but with, <laughs> with my Devo though, yeah, I'm going out with a devotional, which just helps people just learn more about uh, their beliefs and, and to be able to grow in it. Um, right now, I'm currently polling people to see my, my followers to see what they would rather me write on, but it's probably gonna have something to do with growing in their faith as well. So just kind of a, a day by day, probably 30 day kind of thing to help them look more like Jesus at the end of the thing. Sounds good. I, I hope we will be able to all check out what we're doing. Now, I wouldn't imagine Cody's going to be checking out Manuel's work, um, <laughs> but I can imagine we will take a look at your book. <laughs> well, te technically, he's not allowed to jerk off the porn. So. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in today. Go into the draw to win $200. Leave a rating and review of this episode of why Believe on Apple Podcasts today. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Why Believe Podcast for the latest shows, upcoming guests, and exclusive content.